Hey, I'm Ruben from Dub. Welcome to Connection Loop, our actionable podcast about building businesses with daily human connections. Connection Loop features long form interviews with fascinating people in sales, marketing, and beyond. Enjoy today's episode and learn more about Dub at dub.com. And we are live. Hey guys, this is Ruben Dua from Dub's podcast, Connection Loop. And I am on with Amy Blaschka. We're going to get into this idea of storytelling to build a personal brand and, and so much more, in fact. So, Amy, if you could give just give me a quick bio on yourself and let's get into this. Sure. Well, I am a social media ghostwriter and career storyteller, and I help leaders communicate and connect better by crafting their stories. And um, I spent like... It makes me sound really old, but like three decades branding people and places and things. And um, so now instead of helping with Coca-Cola or General Mills, I'm using all that skill set to help people with their personal brands and thought leadership uh, to communicate and connect better. Sometimes I think about this word branding and I, when I when I take away all the the new meanings of the word branding, it, it takes me back to Texas where there's a bunch of cattle, <laughs> and there's an iron that's hot that's getting, and animals are getting branded. Where where does this term even come from? What are the origins? How did it come to mean what it what it means today? I mean, I think the idea, and I, you know, it, with the the physical brand is to quickly identify, you know, a belonging and sort of, a, you know, well, your cattle, your possessions, that sort of thing. But you come to associate, it's like, oh, okay, if that cattle, if that cow is part of this brand, then there are a bunch of attributes that people associate with that company, with that mm -hmm. brand. And um, because really a brand, a brand isn't a logo, a brand isn't just a color palette. It's really more about, um, those, you know, intangibles, it's how people feel about you. It's very um, rooted in emotion. So when I was a branding consultant with Landor Associates, we just say uh, a brand is a promise. So when somebody identifies with the brand, it's because that there's that linkage. It's sort of like they, they anticipate and they expect a certain experience um, and to feel a certain way when you align yourself with certain brands, even if you don't realize you're doing this with something like an iPhone, an Apple, there's certain things that go along um, with that brand that you sort of stand behind and you align with. So the same is true when you are thinking about personal brands. Um, and really, it's about clearly articulating and making it easy for others to understand what matters most to you, what you're about, the value you bring, who you are, who you help. So uh, a brand is a shortcut. When people understand what your brand is about, they understand better you. And if it's something that resonates with them, and it's important to note, not every brand is for everybody, right? There are, you know, there's somebody that's right for you and there's someone who's probably wrong for you and that's okay. But you need to make sure that you have clearly articulated that because you can't be all things to all people. Anyone who tries to do that, any brand who tries to do that, regardless of a human or it's soda or whatever, you, you'll fail because you'll just be a watered down version of yourself or your product or your service. Mm. So that, that's a really good point of trying to cater to everyone. So what, what are some of the failures that you might see in that regard? 
Well, you know, it's tempting. I will say too, I have a lot of my clients are founders, entrepreneurs, sort of people who, you know, have worked for many decades in the business world and, and have gone out on their own, or they're just like, okay, I'm going to do this. And I think the mistake a lot of folks make when they first do that is thinking that they need to be all things to everyone, particularly if they're a solopreneur, particularly if they are in the service industry. So for instance, so I'm a social media ghostwriter. Am I able to write other types of things? Yes. But if I'm, oh, and I do this, and I do this, and I do this, and I do this, if suddenly I'm doing 12 different things, it, it's my, my value and, and sort of the experience at doing any one of those sort of goes down by nature of doing those many things. However, if you focus and you niche down to do one, maybe two things, then you can become more expert because you're naturally, that's what you're doing all the time. You know, and I think there's a fear that if I niche down too much, I'll lose out on potential opportunities. But it's what happens is when you focus and you have clarity around what you do and what you don't do, you make it absolutely easier for those people who are looking for what you actually do to find you. And it makes it easier for those who don't aren't really your set of clients or the people that you're trying to identify, it, it lets them drop away. And no, there's still instances where people will come to me and they'll say, oh, but you know, or and I've, I've worked with them maybe on something else. Well, can you do this? And if it's something that is really closely aligned with what I do and it makes sense, I'll say yes. But if it's not, I will just refer that to somebody else and I'll help explain the difference so they know. And so, you know, if somebody asked me to say, right, can you write a press release, Amy? I'll say, oh, well, can I? Yes, but I'm not going to do that because that's not my the highest and best use of my talents. And instead, I'm going to refer you to a PR professional that I know who that's what she does or that's what he does because that's the highest and best use of their talents. So if you are trying to be all things to all people, it would be nothing to anyone, right? You You want to identify what you're best at and then lead with that so others that are looking for that can easily find you so you can work together. Got it. That makes sense to me. Uh, one of the other realities is the idea that this is a long game. Okay. Mm -hmm. This doesn't happen overnight. Branding doesn't happen overnight. Social doesn't happen overnight. It takes a while, you know, yeah. do ads happen overnight? I would argue no. I mean, if you're, if you think that you can get your ads to convert overnight, then you're, it's a massive missed opportunity because there is retargeting, there is branding, there is word of mouth, there is referrals and testimonials and all those things that need to happen, which are all brand that will ultimately increase your ads. But speak to me about this idea of investing in the long game. Yeah, so that's a big one for me. So there, there are three things I talk about, I feel like all the time, but they, they play to this idea of the long game, right? There's no immediate sense. It's nothing's going to happen overnight. And with branding, like most things, it's going to take multiple points of impact, multiple touch points, you know, you interacting, whether it's your content, whether you're speaking with somebody, whether you're having a phone conversation, that sort of thing to kind of keep you top of mind. And in branding is about, you know, mind share, essentially, you want to occupy, you know, the minds of the people that you're trying to reach, and you want to do it in a good way, you want them to come to associate you with those things that you're, you know, I'm an expert in this. So I want them when I, for instance, I don't want people to think about Amy Blaschka and then think cryptocurrency, because that's not my wheelhouse, right? I don't want that to be the case. So the way that you can help do that is through three things, 
clarity, which I already talked about being clear on what you do, consistency and discipline. So you need to regularly put out your wisdom. If you want people to come to associate you as a thought leader with a particular topic or industry, then you need to let them know what you think about that. And you need to do it on a regular basis. It's not enough to put out one video or, you know, one piece of content on something and go, oh, one and done, I'm all done. That's not how it's going to work. First of all, as we all know, social media it, it feeds, you know, it, it, your attention span is like this big and feeds change constantly. So you need to make sure that you are putting out on a regular basis sort of what you believe, what matters most to you and, and speak in such a way that will attract your intended audience. So it piques their interest because guess what? If you put out seven pieces of content, they may only see one, maybe they see two, but once they get to see it and they see it regularly and they come to expect that from you, they're either going to connect with you or follow you. And they're going to be anticipating, okay, I really like what this guy has to say. I'm going to, I, I want to know more. And the idea behind social media in particular is it is a long game. It does take time. It does in branding in particular, they go hand in hand, right? So if you are regularly showing up and you're putting out your, you know, sharing your wisdom and you are engaging because that's the other part of social is not, it's not just a one-way street. The best sort of end result of social media is that you are initiating a conversation. You are inviting others in because from there, and this, does happen when people see what you're putting out there they'll be curious you pique your interest they'll come back and they, they maybe they'll click on your profile if you're on LinkedIn or they want to know more about you or they'll reach out to you and that's when that begins you begin a relationship and relationships I hope for most people are long term right that you are going to get out of it what you put into it and you know whether it is you know your social media or your business any client right it's it's relationship over transaction mm. so you think about it that way and you think about it, this goes over the long term i i've had many clients come to me that i didn't even know were following what i put out there to say yeah i've been following you for months amy and then suddenly they reach out and this this has happened to my clients as well they're like oh my gosh i even had a client and even though i i don't say that what i'm doing is it's not you know, copy driven to, to conversion, meaning it's not copywriting where I'm selling or I'm writing for somebody in a sales capacity. But I will tell you, I have a client who's like, oh my gosh, Amy, I know because we've been working together regularly and I've been putting content out on LinkedIn about, and not salesy, but very much about her leadership perspective as an entrepreneur running a company. She said, I can, I can pinpoint the uptick in my business. And I've had people actually say, I really like what you wrote and that made me reach out. And now I want to work with you. So it does take time, but it does work. And it's a long-term strategy, not an overnight success. So if you have tried or you think you've tried, but it hasn't worked out, you have to stick with it. Because once you're in that, it's, it's like a sales pipeline, right? It's not going to just like, oh, one and done. You have to be constantly sort of feeding it and nurturing it and nurturing those relationships. And it will happen over time. And I can say firsthand that the the long game is so much better of an ROI than, mm -hmm. than how are we going to get some short sales copy that's going to convert overnight? Because the problem with that is that there's a lot of risks. You you burn a certain audience, right? Yeah. The people that are saying, I don't want to be sold to and I'm not here to buy, but I'm mm -hmm. here to learn and I'm here to discover and make make connections with people. Uh, that It's just a much bigger audience. So uh, love that philosophy. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Right. Well, it, you know, it's, it's what I tell my clients too, is it's about serving, not selling. 
So it's about serving and not selling. Yeah, because if everything that you put out there should be of value to your intended audience, Mm. right? It should it should offer your insight. It should offer a lesson learned, even if and this is important, even if you messed up, right? Because there's this this sort of notion on social media and maybe not so much on LinkedIn, but sometimes where it's all about the humble brag or, oh, I'm so wonder I did this. Oh, gosh, you know, what about And the reality is nobody is perfect, right? None of us is. So, you know, if you share a time as a leader, you're a little vulnerable and share something where, oh man, that didn't go the way I thought. But then you talk about what you did and how you had the resilience and how you bounced back or what happened as a result of that and what changed. That lets people not only into your own world and understand that you're human because people connect with people, people work with people, not just brands up here as a, you know, in capital letters, you know, you'll draw them to you naturally and they'll feel like, oh, okay. You know, and then they feel like, okay, that's me too. You know, that's me too. I, 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 I get that. I, I, and it helps them connect better with you and understand that maybe, you know, it happens more. It's not just them that maybe they failed or something didn't go the way they planned. You know, and and if you're a leader, you're still out there and you're still trying. It kind of gives them the encouragement to keep going too. So I think it's important to share the wins, certainly, and what worked, but it's also okay to share when things didn't go as planned. Mm. Well, yeah, I think it's much more interesting to learn from that because it's there's nothing better than learning from other people's mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Uh, so you know, this idea of of you know figuring out an equation for something or you know figuring out the linkedin algorithm and then creating a content calendar based on that you know i'm not a big fan of that uh it sounds like you're not either and i think the reason is is because first of all none of this can be gamed per se this has to be extremely authentic number one and number two is that if there was a game or an equation by the time you figure it out the algo has changed (laughs) so you're always going to be behind the curve so with those assumptions in place you know what is the not equation, but what is the recipe that you might suggest to us in terms of when I should use video, when I should use copy, when I should use image? How should we create that diverse mix? You know, I, I think there's this thing. If, if you're someone who's never tried video, you've never tried doing something, try it. I mean, what is the worst that could happen? Honestly, it's like you want to do it out there. And I think particularly with video, there are a lot of folks that are scared because they're like, oh, my God, I'm not a speaker. What can I do? And again, you know, if you come back to being a real human being, you know, and speak from the heart, uh, you know, please, if you're doing it, you don't understand, you don't need it to be so, so professional. And there are so many ways to do it now. Um, Obviously, dub, and, you know, there's other, other means that you can use to make the process easier. I would say when you're trying these things, try them, first of all, make sure you try and do it and see kind of what happens. But I would say, too, Keep it short and sweet. I think the biggest thing that I see, the the mishaps with any content, whether it is video or it's writing, people just go on and on and on, or they give this preamble before they really get to the point. And, yes. you know, with social media, you have this much time to kind of have that scroll stopper or for someone to, if they click on that video and you're doing, well, yeah, today an item on the water, da, 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 you know, just get to it, right? Yes. Or if you're doing a post, same thing, jump right in. You gotta have something that's gonna hook them in. So if you 
if you want to sort of have a stream of consciousness, that's fine, but edit it until you, right when the action starts, you know, you gotta, you gotta hook them in. It's like when you, if you'd watch a movie or uh, read a book, you don't want a whole lot of, okay, we'll get to it. What we get to the good stuff. You know, you want someone to understand. So lead with that strength, lead with, you know, what are you going to, what are you talking about? And keep it short, you know, keep it short, keep it sweet, keep it brief. Don't ramble on, get to the point. And it, it's surprisingly hard for people to do that. It but, is you know, very but, difficult. And, and I would say too, is one way to make that easier is to stick to one topic and one takeaway. You know, if you have one main idea, it's a lot easier to keep it brief and concise. If you find yourself talking about three or four different things, it's probably you need to chop that up into three or four different updates or videos or something. It's it's much easier to have one sort of thing that you can talk about. And, um, you know, I, I'd say the other thing is to keep whatever you're doing, whatever format you're doing, make sure that what you're talking about is in your wheelhouse, you know, it like I said, I'm used that cryptocurrency as something that's outside of my wheelhouse. Now, could I do you have the flexibility? Yes, you can talk about whatever you want. But remember, the people that are watching this are going to come to associate you with whatever you put out. And, and what you put out is within your control, right? You are choosing to do that. So be very intentional and thoughtful and aware of the topics that you're speaking about and your point of view and what you're putting out into the world because people will take notice. They're like, oh, okay, that's what she's about. And then repeat, repeat, repeat. You know, you need to stay in that two, maybe three things that that's what you're about. And then the other piece of that is when you are mixing it up and you are putting content out there, make sure that when people, you know, hopefully they're curious about you and they click back to your profile, that what you have there aligns and is not incongruent with the content that you're putting out into the world. If you haven't updated your LinkedIn profile since 1994, it's probably a good idea to take another look. And, you know, it's it's an area of uh, real estate, particularly your profile, the summary and about section, that so many people either leave blank or they just cut and paste sort of some old bio into in a third person. This is an opportunity for you to talk directly to an audience member, somebody that, you know, took the time to click on your profile, they obviously have some sort of interest in you or your service or what you're about. So this is this is the chance for you to make it really easy for them to instantly understand who you are, what you're about, who you help, you know, and, and, and how you can get in contact with them, you want to make it easy for others. Mm -hmm. If they have to search or if you this, I like to say this, if you confuse them, you will lose them, mm -hmm. right? Nobody wants, and no one's going to spend the time to dig deeper to figure out who you are or who you serve. You know, I'm sorry, nobody will. Nobody's got the time. Everybody has other stuff going on. So if they get to your profile, make sure to make it count so then they can reach out to you and tell them, do you want them to reach out on LinkedIn? Do you want them to email you? Do they want to connect? What do you want them to do? So have a call to action there so they know, oh, okay. If I want to learn more, I can go to this website or I should reach out on LinkedIn or I should email her or him or whatever. So make it easy for them. Okay, so that's this is uh, there's some great points in here. Okay, so number one, we talked about this idea of a hook, right? Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that I would love to do with you is if you're okay with this, I'd love to get right now on video an example of what we shouldn't do and how we shouldn't get into a topic. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then 
the version on how you might suggest that we do. So could I put you on the spot? Could you give us the two versions? I can try. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, what's our topic? You, you know? pick you pick the topic. Okay. So I I will lead with my area of expertise rather than talk about something that I don't know. So about communicating and connecting better and everything that I've talked about. So the wrong way to go about that, if this were a video, because you're seeing me now. It might be, you know, I'm looking away, coming back and saying, yeah, so, you know, I'm going for a walk with my dog right now, and it's a really beautiful day, and, um, you know, I, I, what are you all doing? I hope you're having a great day, too, and, oh, oh, gosh, what's that over there? Oh, yeah, um, so, you know, I mean, at this point, if you've spent all that time rambling on like that, don't do that. Don't know mm. because people have clicked away or clicked if they've even clicked to begin with. Yes. So don't do that. And don't. what's so interesting is that when a person does that, because I used to do it and I know all about this, is that what I'm doing is I'm thinking because mm -hmm. I was too lazy to actually go and, and write a little bit of, a, of an outline or my notes and what I want to talk about. So I just subject the viewer to that misery of watching me think, which is so <laughs> selfish. Well, and, and you know, it's fine if you do that, but just go back and edit that part mm. out. Don't share that bit because there, mm. I have a lot of clients who are very verbally fluent and they do think as they speak. That's the way their brain works. And there's mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that. But it's very rare. I mean, I know a few people can do this. Very rare for someone to flip on their video, you know, or their, or their phone or whatever, and have like a one minute sort of to the point, get mm. to it without any sort of forethought. You know, mm. it's got to be something that they have talked about mm. a million times. Yes. And to call that message down. So it it can't be. Yeah, it, it's okay to do that. So don't feel like you if that's how you process that you can't just know that that leading up to that point where you finally start with the point, you know, know that that's the starting point to show to your viewer for sure. Amazing. Now give me the correct way to do it. And I'm going to, so, I'm going to solo you here. Let's, let's get this. If you want to communicate and connect better with someone, don't do these things. So that's the example of a, a perfect to the point hook. Plus people, go, oh, you know, and it, it sort of piques their curiosity. Like, well, what, what shouldn't I do? You yes. know, there's, and, and you, I, listen, I will say I tend to be a positive person. So I usually lead with the, what you, how to, what you can do, but just as effective, occasionally throwing in the, don't do this. <laughs> Here's what you should not do. Avoid these seven things. You know, and people be like, oh, because people, they do love this. People, again, not to belabor this point, but make it easy for others, right? Yes. You want to be make it easy for them to read, to stop, to to view, whatever it is. Yeah, be a scroll stopper. Exactly. Mm. You know, and it's it's not it's just get to the point right away. Like, what's the big idea? And it's like, and then under that, you can give them some ways that that support that, that to to help that. And then it's always nice at the end of a post to have some sort of call to action again, whether it's um, trying to get them to engage. So share with me your best ways or what do you think or what would you add to this or who's somebody who does this great or, you know, one of these things you because again, you put something out there. It's great. It's there for anyone who views it, but how do you know how people feel about it unless they comment, 
you know, they can click like or one of the other emojis, but it's great to have a conversation starter. You pose something out there. You can pose a question. Um, you can ask for advice and there are polls. Now there are all sorts of things you can do, but the idea is you want to draw others in. And the best way to do that is to give them something that they can comment on other than just a great post. You know, maybe there's something that you share that triggers an experience they had, or, you know, they feel very strongly about something good, bad or otherwise, but they feel compelled to share it with you. And then you start that dialogue. Um, and I know folks too, that, you know, that's part of their strategy is commenting on other people's content to begin that conversation and draw them and showcase their thought leadership. So there are many ways to do this. Um, but yeah, I, I think the idea of getting right into it, giving somebody something that, you know, meaty that they can kind of glom onto in the beginning that will keep them watching or keep them reading is, is really the best strategy. Love that. Okay. One of the other things that you mentioned was this idea of having your bio be your story. Mm -hmm. So I am personally guilty of having uh, previously having a very outdated bio. I copied and pasted something that was written in third party. Mm -hmm. I, it, I, there was no cred in it. There was no life story, no vulnerability. And I went through the process of actually writing a little bit of a story, not saying it's perfect, but it's definitely a, an update or a um, iteration of it. Uh, what are some suggestions that you might give when we do write that about section, that bio on LinkedIn, or for that matter, any social platform? Sure. I, I would say this, um, make sure it's in first person because that, you know, writing in third person is fine for a bio. That is the traditional way a bio is written. However, remember on LinkedIn, you not only have that about section, you have an experience section that is essentially the experience section to me is your online resume right? That's where you have a chronological listing of every role that you've had. And then you have an opportunity to have descriptive copy to talk about what you've done, what you've accomplished in those roles. The summary section is just that. It's really more that highlight. It is, it's the about, you know, and most of them can be really boring, unfortunately. So this is your opportunity. You control that narrative. Find a way to weave together, even if you've had a very nonlinear career path, there's something that's always going to connect the dots in that and make it easy for someone to see that. Again, you control it. There, you know, I, I haven't always been a writer by trade. I have lots of different things I've done, but when you find something that it's like, oh, that's what you connect the dots for the reader and they get it. And then, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. You want it to make sense, but it's an opportunity. Remember, it's not just a rehash of you know, I was a VP of marketing or I was, you know, it's not that that's already there. So use that as an opportunity to, to weave together personal and professional stuff to really highlight what matters most to you. And, and kind of if, if people are familiar with Simon Sinek and find your why, it's like, what is, you know, driving you? What's the root of what you're doing? Who are you helping? Again, it's an opportunity to say this, you know, to, to let people know up front, I work with leaders or I do this and I help them do this. It's always a good idea to talk about who you are and what matters most to you, but also how you can help others and who are the people specifically that you help. So common thread, first person, you, you know, you have a lot of real estate. I think it's like 2,600 characters now um, have a call to action, right? And, and make it not just one block of text because that's hard for anyone to read. You know, and I'm not, not suggesting that every line has a space between it, but certainly when you look at it, give make sure that there's some 
breathing room for your eyes, so to speak. So it's easy to kind of find those things. Don't be afraid to call out some specialties and format it a little differently. So it's more visually pleasing to the eye too, because that matters. People think it doesn't matter, but if you're someone who's going to somebody's profile and they're, they have the same information, but one is presented in such a way that it makes it difficult to read. And it's like all just run on one big block text. Someone, uh, it, it, no one's going to want to read that again. It's about making it easier, a pleasant experience, because remember that about section comes back to your personal brand, right? It's, it's about how you're making others feel in your presence at, at, you know, and even though you aren't physically there, you, your brand, the way you present yourself in writing, visual, whatever you do, that's part of that in your LinkedIn profile. Mm. Really good. I think all of us should just take a minute to go and make sure that our bios are updated. We've got 2,600 <laughs> characters, add our calls to action, add blocks, make it readable, share our story, connect with people. So important, so valuable. Uh, you also mentioned uh, you know, this idea of repetition. And I think a lot of people suffer from this problem of, I don't want to repeat myself because then people are going to get irritated because I'm just saying the same thing over again. <laughs> and how do we find our balance with that? Well, I mean, as you know, there are multiple ways to say the same thing. And, you know, it, it, you should be so lucky that somebody actually comments back to you. I, I, I keep hearing the same things from you. Well, that means they're paying attention and mm. that it's working, right? Yeah. <laughs> that they'll say, oh, well, okay. Well, because Amy's talking about communication connection or thought, okay, that's what, what matters most to her. It's not, it's not you disgust me. It's you disgust me. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that's right. You know, so I, I wouldn't worry so much about that. Um, we are far closer to our content than anybody else. So I think repeating themes, right, concepts, areas of expertise are okay. The way that you illustrate those things can and should differ. Mm. So mix it up with your stories, but have it come back to central concepts and things and themes that you want others to associate with you that are aligned with what matters most to you. Unbelievably valuable. Uh, Amy, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast here. Where can folks learn more about you, social channels, website? Uh, my website is my name, amyblashka.com. So you'll find everything you need to know about me there. Um, I'm also very active on LinkedIn. Obviously, I post there every day. Um, so you can find and follow me there. Um, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at, at Amy Blaschka. So repetition, <laughs> mm. <laughs> you'll find me there as well. And though I'm on TikTok, I'm not on TikTok. I'm there, but I haven't posted anything yet. So I'm still mm. experimenting. Okay. Very, very cool. Amy, well, thank you so much. Um, your contact info will be in the show notes here. Stick around for a couple of minutes. I'm going to end this now and we'll share some notes. Thanks again. Thanks, Ruben.